welcome to the Holistic Author Show. I'm your host, Kit Kilstow, the author yogi. Each episode, we'll talk about how to recraft the publishing paradigm to help you take care of what matters, you and your creativity. Discussing topics ranging from the publishing business to physical and mental health, and even mind-body balance as you juggle the many duties of being an author today, the Holistic Author Show will help you make the choices you need to craft the right publishing career for you. And now, this week's show. Welcome to the Holistic Author Show. This week's show is prompted by a discussion I had on the Write Talk Wednesday show, which if you haven't listened to it yet, the Write Talk Wednesday show happens live at six o'clock central time most Wednesdays on Twitch and YouTube, but then is made into a podcast as well as hosted on YouTube. So you can go back and watch past episodes as well. Recently, I had a discussion with the author and the subject came up about marketing. And after the episode, we got to talking about how do you market in this age of social media flux? And the main issue that came up was um, this author had done extremely well with engagement and reaching readers on Twitter, now X. And the engagement on Twitter has dropped off substantially as people have left the platform and as the platform has gotten more negative press, well-deserved, frankly, in my opinion. And this is something that's been discussed, not just by authors, but also by the disability community, the crowdfunding community, and even small craftspeople who rely on Twitter and social media to spread the word about their Etsy store. And this is a a question that's kind of been on my mind as well, not just as I reevaluate what I'm comfortable with marketing, what marketing works for me, but also the return on investment for marketing. I don't think that there be any author out there that tells you that you don't have to market. The truth is, even 20 years ago, when I first got published, the bulk of the marketing efforts were on the author. That was kind of a misconception that once you got published, your publisher did all the work and all you had to do was write books. The industry has not worked that way for a few decades now. So as authors, we have to market, but we're also battling forces that we can control or at least forces that are within us which would be, you know, what do we like to do? What is our zone of genius, um, to use kind of a technical term? What really kind of gives us fuel and encouragement and inspiration? And what do we absolutely just cannot bring ourselves to do? And then on top of that, you have to deal with these other platforms. And so as part of the holistic author, where my job is to help you balance the inner and outer author by tapping into that creative nervous system. I just kind of want to talk a little bit about marketing. I understand and I'm very much aware that my thoughts on marketing are not what the how to make, you know, $50,000 a year writing your book team is going to tell you. I also think that what works for one person isn't going to work for another person. And as a neurodivergent author, 
I think a lot of the marketing advice that's given is not catered to me or my community and that I could do a whole nother show on that. I could do a whole month worth of show on that. We've recently had some really fascinating discussions within the actually autistic community about how marketing is really driven towards neurotypical people because that is considered the norm and all of your psychology, you know, I'm finishing up a psychology degree that I'm actually, I'm one class away from finishing and I, I'm going in a different direction because I was doing a dual major. Um, you know, I could talk again, I could do a whole month worth of show about this. But marketing itself, if you are neurodivergent, if you deal with any sort of mental diagnosed or undiagnosed mental illness, and frankly, the neurodivergent umbrella is pretty broad. So it could be said that if you deal with depression, if you deal with anxiety, that that would fall under that neurodivergent umbrella. So if you deal with any of that, then marketing becomes doubly difficult for you because the all, all of the things that you're supposed to do, all the trainings, all the books, that's not written with you in mind. What is written with you, with you in mind, frankly, doesn't exist in the marketing space. So I'm, I'm kind of getting off track here a little bit. But I think it's important to notice that and to talk about that. And again, I'm going to probably loop back to that conversation in a future show. So with this term, with this time of social uh, media upheaval, when you're thinking about marketing and thinking about where to put your efforts, there are what I see are two big things you need to think about or two big questions. And the very first question is, does the platform align with your values? Does the platform work with what you are comfortable doing? And let me elaborate on that a bit. So Twitter has gotten a lot of press and a lot of really bad press since Elon Musk took over and the press just keeps snowballing. With that, you have not just advertisers leaving the platform, but also journalistic outlets, educational academic outlets, and businesses themselves leaving the platform because Twitter does not align to their values. Now, I can speak from my personal experience. I still have my accounts on Twitter, and I would advise even if you are not um, posting actively on Twitter to keep those usernames and keep those accounts because you, you want to hold on to your intellectual property. You want to hold on to those names. And there's no real way to reserve that name without having an account. But like if you go out to the account for Epona Author Solutions, it's been a while. I've got an auto poster on one of my accounts that continues to post um, to Twitter and I'm gonna be turning that off soon. It's just a matter of I haven't gotten around to doing it. But when you look at a platform, you wanna look at what message is being sent by remaining on that platform. And even though you may think that all the negative press, the rise in hate speech, the rise in attacks and harassment, the reduction of trust and safety, you may think that none of that has anything to do with you. But if you choose to remain on that platform in an active way, 
you are contributing to that platform's success or failure, depending on how you look at it, but you're contributing to that platform's, your their metrics, their engagements, all those numbers that count to social media companies. You're giving eyeballs to the advertisers that are still there. And we're reaching the point with Twitter where, to be very honest, if you remain on Twitter, there is a, a lot to be said about that it could be said that by association that you are endorsing those policies. And I don't think any of us want to do that. Um, at least none of my listeners, if, if you're, um, listening to this and, and you approve of what Twitter's going on, then, you know, I'm glad you're here, but we may have a mismatch in values. Um, so with that being said, then the other question is, what are you comfortable doing? For example, I'm comfortable podcasting. That's why I'm talking to you now. I'm comfortable blogging. I'm comfortable speaking in text. I am not, I'm getting more comfortable in videos and my Right Talk Wednesday show is helping with that. But like, you know, just going live on TikTok and talking about things or popping on videos, if it is not planned and scheduled, I'm not comfortable doing that. And I'm really not comfortable with images or graphics or pictures. So like Instagram that I, I post there occasionally, but it's not really my, my, my jam, so to speak. So when I think about what I'm, you know, what I'm good at, what I, what I um, prefer to do, then that really kind of tells me what social media outlets I should be at. So I love Mastodon. I can't speak enough about the writing community on Mastodon. Um, I've made a lot of great connections, had a lot of amazing conversations. So Mastodon to me has 100% replaced Twitter. Um, I am trying to do Facebook more often, but that's hit and miss and part of that's Facebook. Um, but then I'm blogging and podcasting and trying to get the word out about those. Love my newsletters. Again, you have to have a newsletter. You have to be building your business on your own platform. And so when you figure out what you want to do, then that kind of tells you where you need to be for social media and what you can focus on. Nobody can do all the platforms. Pick one, two, three, do them as best you can. Focus on maybe one primary one and a couple secondary ones. And that's what I'm doing with Mastodon um, and then Facebook and Instagram. But don't stress out about being everywhere. So then we look at the social media platforms. One of the reasons why I am so hyped on the Fediverse, which is a whole suite of apps. There's Mastodon, there's Pixel Feed, which kind of replaces Instagram. There's PeerTube, which replaces YouTube. When you, when you look at the Fediverse, it, it can be a little difficult for non-techie people. And I admit, I love setting up my own servers. I I love doing all that, but there are existing instances for you to sign up at as well if that's not your thing. If you're interested in trying Mastodon, of course, there's eponaauthor.social. It's a really small server. So if you want to just kind of get your feet wet, um, see how it works, start to make some connections, that sort of thing, um, you can start there or you can sign up for some larger instances that cater around books and writing and, you know, connect with people on those servers as well. It just depends if you want to kind of take baby steps or dive into the, the, the middle to deep end. 
no no shame either way you know whatever works best for you but one of the reasons why i love the fediverse is there's no algorithm you post it goes out to everybody who follows you or follows the hashtags that you are sharing now then people can boost your posts which is just you know a sharing of your post people can favorite your post they can bookmark the post lots of stuff there but there's no there's no gatekeeper if i make a post on facebook or instagram that post and, and i don't know much about instagram because i'm i'm just you know dabbling there but definitely on facebook if i make a post on my facebook page which has say like 500 followers then i can tell you that my post is only going to get shown to maybe one to two percent of that unless i pay to boost it which means that i either need to have a really large follower account to see any meaningful engagement but also i can't control who sees my post and if i'm posting about a new book a new class i'm putting together this podcast if i'm posting about something that i'm doing then i want that post to go to as many people as possible and i don't want some company to look at my account and say okay you know you have x amount of likes oh this post has a link off my site so i'm not going to share it as much and that's the other part too definitely with twitter but also with facebook if your post has a link to your blog your podcast your books page if that page is not on facebook not on twitter etc etc then those platforms are going to deboost or suppress your post because they don't want people to click off their site they make their money through eyeballs and ad dollars which they earn ad dollars by serving ads to eyeballs then they don't they want people to stay on their site for as long as possible and that's why things like videos do a lot better because they're interactive people will watch them they'll click through them and you can kind of see this when you think about your own use of social media but when you're thinking about how to promote your books and you're thinking about how to promote your marketing then where am i going to spend my time well i have probably about as many followers on mastodon as i do on facebook but i'm going to spend my time on mastodon because my mastodon posts while there's not really any meaningful analytics on mastodon which which is kind of something that you know i'm, I'm not a big numbers person but it'd be nice to see since i don't have that i can't tell you 100 sure but i am pretty certain that that mastodon post may not get may will get seen i'm sorry may will get seen by more people than the facebook post the only caveat to that is with mastodon posts go out when they're sent and unless somebody boosts or reshares them they don't go out at a later time where on facebook you know if you scroll your facebook feed i see posts from five minutes ago i see posts from five days ago and depending on how the the algorithm is working sometimes all i see are those posts from five days ago but facebook tries to serve those posts 
a little bit more staggered rather than if I post now when I'm recording this, then that's, you know, that's it unless somebody shares that post. All of this plays into trying to get your book in front of readers, trying to market, trying to do what we, you know, want to do as authors, which is sell books, have people read our books, have people read our stories. All of this plays into that. But I think, and those of you who have listened to me for a while are going to say, here, here they go again. But um, I think this is where I really have to say, build your business on your own platform. I hear even today, too many authors say, well, I have a Facebook page or, you know, I have an Instagram. That's what I use instead of my website. Well, that's all well and good, but I, I think Twitter is something to hold up here as an example. And again, not a good one that you could have that platform set up. You could have the numbers, you could have the traffic and something completely random could happen to destroy, to quote unquote, destroy the platform um, or to change the algorithm. And all of a sudden you're not getting eyes, you're not getting views, you're not getting clicks. And where are you sending your readers to? If you have a website, and I'll also put in my disclaimer here, I am a huge fan of WordPress websites. And that is something that we do host through Epona Author Solutions for disclaimer here. But if you have a website, you know, make sure you can back it up. Make sure you can take it with you. Make sure that you can move hosts. Um, which is why I don't recommend any of the free services, you know, Wix, Weebly. A lot of people talk about Wix and Weebly, but if you look at their terms of service, a lot of times they have control or um, over your content, meaning they can do whatever they want with it. You also don't know what those companies, I mean, the tech world is changing so much if Wix or Weebly or Squarespace or Kajabi was one that somebody was promoting. And I'm like, you know, again, if, if these companies decide that, oh, they want to, they no longer want to be in the web, web hosting business that they're, they're shifting or changing things. And I think MailChimp is a great example of this. I started using MailChimp's free plan. Oh goodness. Probably 15 years ago. And I, MailChimp has made changes over the years and you could just see they were giving their people fewer and fewer services, charging more and more. Now they've been bought out by Intuit, which if you're into tech, if you deal with software, Intuit is not a good company to deal with. Horrible customer service. Um, QuickBooks is a nightmare in many ways. So I don't know anybody that loves QuickBooks, frankly, but it's kind of a necessary evil. So you know, all of a sudden they get bought out by Intuit. They start becoming less of a free newsletter service, more of a, I want to do everything but the in the kitchen sink service. And MailChimp is just, you know, not a lot of people recommend them anymore. There's many other services that focus on newsletters. Again, eponamail.com um, that authors can use. And so, you know, you don't know what, what shape a business is going to take and what they're going to do. And so because of that, you don't want to rely on them a hundred percent. 
So I've kind of been rambling here and I, I apologize for that, but I want to kind of get back to the marketing. So what all of this means, the fact that businesses can change, the fact that there's an algorithm that chooses what gets served to people, all of this, what all of this means is that you have to constantly, or at least every so often, I'd say like every three months, reevaluate what you're doing to market your books and ask yourself just a few questions. First of all, does it feel good to you? Does it feed your creative soul? Is it something you want to do or is it something you dread? Is it something that you're comfortable with? You know, just how does that feel to market where you're marketing, how you're marketing? Think about how these platforms changed. What are you seeing on these platforms? Because hopefully you're using the platforms as well as, you know, posting on them as well. So we could look at the change in Twitter. We could look at Facebook now allowing some not good things, um, some lies, frankly, to be posted in ads and treated as if that were the actual truth and making very flimsy excuses about that and things which, which could harm people. So, you know, you, you look at how have their policies changed? What are they doing? And does that align with your values? And then finally, again, think about, are you reaching readers? How are you driving them back to your own platform? How are you driving them to your resources, to your newsletter, to your website? How, how is this working for you and what changes can you make? And I think if you approach your marketing with those three questions, and talk to other authors and do a, some research. And again, I freely admit that what I'm saying here is not what a lot of authors, especially those who are kind of in the, the marketing guru type, you know, um, groups, that they're, that's, that's not what they're going to tell you to do. But I feel like if this is how we approach marketing in a holistic and ethical way and in a way that really aligns with our values. And so as we come to the end of another episode, I want to thank you so much for listening. I am very much encouraged and want to hear your thoughts. So drop me a line on the website. Just go to contact. We always appreciate listener feedback. This show is also on the Muse Charmer Network, which is a listener-supported network, which means that, you know, if, if you like what I'm saying here, if you want more great content like this, um, there are many different ways from Patreon to Ko-fi to LiberaPay that you could just, you know, drop me a few bucks and show your support that way. You don't have to, but, you know, there's just many different ways to support. And of course, if you feel like other people will benefit from what I'm saying here, feel free to go ahead and, and share this episode. I always appreciate that. Always appreciate it when people share my content. And of course, I try to share yours too. So um, if there's something you, you want me to take a look at, feel free to, to again, reach out, drop me a line, and we'll see what we can do. So thank you so much for listening to The Holistic Author Show. And I will talk to you next time. You've been listening to The Holistic Author Show, presented by Epona Author Solutions and distributed on the Muse Charmer Network. 
I've been your host, Kit Kalestow, the author yogi. If you'd like to learn more about our show, check out our sponsors, or find out how to be a guest, visit podcast.eponaauthorsolutions.com. Title music is Dream House by Purple Planet Music. You can find out more about them at purple-planet.com. Until next time, be well.